Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534 in Def Leppard on Rock 102. Well, this wasn't really that bad for us anyway. Out on the uh, eastern part of the state, they got a lot more wind and a lot more power outages. Uh, we do have a storm warning in effect still until 2 o'clock this afternoon. But uh, they will be scattered showers between now and then. There will be some heavy winds. Uh, but by 2 this afternoon, it should be all over with a high in the upper 50s. And then tomorrow, sunshine and a high in the 50s. It's 52 now in downtown Springfield. Yesterday was easy. It was like a light dribble all day. Yeah. Well, last night was very, very windy. But it's also garbage day in my neighborhood. And not a single can was blown over. Yeah. I, my cans were out. Uh, not garbage day is uh, tomorrow. But they're out. Nothing. Nothing. I'd have to pick up anything. Why are your garbage cans out if uh, if it's not garbage day till tomorrow? Because they're not at the end of the str- they're not at the end of the property. Oh, I see. Yeah, they, but they're yeah. still in a wind tunnel near the near the top of the driveway. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? It's uh, 52 outside, but it's about 82 in uh, my little booth down here. Michael Dobbs, some of the reminder, will be joining us later on this morning. G. Oh. Yeah, I'll say. Oh, no, G. Michael Dobbs. Oh, yes. Well, that's his name also. Anyway, we'll be talking to him about all kinds of local stuff. That's coming up later. Dave Coombs is here filling in for uh, Steve Nagel for one last day. He'll be back tomorrow. It's 535 at Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and David Bowie on Rock 102. <laughs> Big Bombo Genesis, please. I laugh at your uh, at your Bombo Genesis's. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, we got some rain. We got some wind. Yes, the eastern part of the state got hit much harder than we did. And uh, we will continue to see some pretty heavy gusts throughout the day today. But uh, a high right about where we are now, 53 in downtown Springfield. If you died during that, would it be Bombo genocide? Uh, if a lot of people died, okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think anyone just you know, you know intentionally goes out into a storm mm-hmm. unless you're a storm watcher. Right. Yeah. Or a yeah. TV reporter. Right. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash? Well, not surprising. We're still talking a lot about the shooting on the set of the Alec Baldwin movie. Investigators will discuss their initial findings in that shooting uh, today. A news conference has been scheduled by the sheriff and the district attorney. They promised the first detailed public comments by investigators regarding the killing of the uh, 42-year-old Helena Hutchins during the rehearsal at that New Mexico ranch. The shooting has baffled Hollywood professionals and prompted calls to better regulate firearms uh, on sets and even ban them in the age of seamless computer-generated imagery. Court records say an assistant director grabbed the gun from a cart and indicated it was safe by yelling, cold gun. You know, no one was ever actually killed with a lightsaber in those Star Wars movies. Uh, are you certain? Not one. Mm. Injured? It, maybe injured, maimed? but 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 not maimed. Nothing permanent. Maybe yeah. a, a scratch, a bruise, a, con, a, a deep contusion. Because, I mean, the thing looked like it could take your arm off uh, in one sweep. Yes, but, oddly enough, all computer-generated, yeah. even as far back as the 1970s. Well, nevertheless, uh, experts predict a tremendous legal fallout after uh, this whole incident. Um, let's see here. In addition to Baldwin... Uh, a call sheet for the day of the shooting obtained by the Associated Press lists five producers, four executive producers, a line producer, and a co-producer. Uh, assistant director Dave Halls and an armorer could also face some sort of liability even if they weren't on the set. And these experts say the payouts could be 
in the millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, how funny is it that, uh, you know, 25, 35 years later, you know, Vic Morrow gets his head ripped off by a helicopter, mm. and yet we don't ban helicopters. No, and, and we don't computer generate. Well, actually, um, you know how Netflix has this series of these, the things we grew up with? Yeah. The toys we grew up with, the movies we grew up with. Yes. I watched uh, I watched the, one of the episodes of the movie we grew up with uh, the other night was Die Hard. And it showed how that building that they used was a building under construction in downtown Los Angeles. The Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. And the neighbors were very upset about uh, the explosions and the shooting and the noise that was happening well, at to night. Get up and wake, you know, you know, work the next day. Yeah. And so they showed how they faked the helicopter hitting the building, exploding and falling down into the road. Mm-hmm. It, it was really, I mean, it was all miniatures. And, uh, you know. If Vic Morrow had been a miniature, he'd probably be alive today. Well, how tall was he? Uh, I believe he was uh, six, six twelve. That'd be seven feet. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, metrically. Uh, Netflix employees walked out yesterday in protest of Dave Chappelle's special and its anti-transgender comments. They were joined by allies who chanted "Trans Lives Matter," getting pushback from opponents who also showed up. A uh, pre-noon rally at the Netflix office studio complex drew about 100 people, most on the side of the 30 workers at the streaming giant that joined in afterward. Uh, Some were willing to identify themselves as Netflix employees, but all declined to give their names. Now, what kind of pronouns do you use with that? Uh, I don't don't know. I I don't keep up on this. Uh, Just checking, by the way, on that last story, uh, Vic Morrow, 5'9", and uh, Vic Tabak, in case you're interested, six feet. Oh, six feet. Yeah, Vic yeah, Tabak. Tay sure. both, both dead. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Funny part about it is that the filming of that last film, he went from 5'9 to 4'11. <laughs> oh, In a boy. second. Yes. Without a lightsaber. <laughs> Wish you could lose weight that same yeah, way. no kidding. What is it, too soon? <laughs> the uh, creator of the groundbreaking uh, comedy <laughs> Emmy winner Transparent was among the speakers at the rally. He called for trans representation on Netflix board. So... Big, uh, big walkout. I understand uh, that if you weren't at Netflix working during this walkout, um, if you were like working remotely from home, yeah, you could participate in the protest by shutting the lid on your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I know. <laughs> nice. Imagine that. Yeah. You know what? I shut the lid on my laptop uh, when I walked down here. Does mm-hmm. that mean I, I get half a day? No, it means you're making a statement. Huh. I'm, I'm. Telling people how I feel. Click. I think I'd rather work a half a day. Uh, comedian Mort Saul has died at the age of 94. He helped, speaking of uh, controversial comedians, he helped pioneer a new socially-minded kind of comedy after World War II. During an era when many comedians dressed in tuxedos and told mother-in-law jokes, Saul faced the audience, audience wearing slacks, a sweater, an unbuttoned collar, carrying a rolled-up newspaper. I have always believed that the best comedians are the ones in slacks. Yeah. Or a nice pair of fitted trousers. Yep. Slacks, trousers, either or. Uh, Reading news items, he made uh, deprecatingly witty comments, often joining the laughter with a horsey bellow of his own. Uh, His admirers included Woody Allen and Albert Brooks, who were among those that credited Saul with opening up comedy, uh, comedy to politics and social commentary. Mort Saul. You feel, you're feeling that one. 
Uh, I know the name. I don't know if I've ever seen. No, any I've video. seen. No, I've seen plenty of uh, Mort Saul videos, and you know he's kind of like a. I don't want to say a humorist. Mm. He wouldn't be like a like a the kind of stand up he was doing is not the kind of stuff you ever see today anymore. Ah, but you it's don't not, see a lot but, of comedians with rolled up newspapers under their arms either. Well, but it's not hacky type of hey, you know, I was just on a on an air, on an airline. Line. Have you seen the food in these places? Yeah, none of the, none of that. Hey, what was that all about? Ob- observational, like Seinfeld, maybe. Yeah, well, it was early more, early Seinfeld. Socially observational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, at first glance, broadcast news newcomer. Say it out loud. At first glance, broadcast newcomers, ghosts, and the Wonder Years have barely had a chance to prove themselves in the ratings. The CBS comedy Ghosts is showing early promise, so far leading or landing just outside the top 20 for the young season so far, while ABC's reboot of the Wonder Years is hovering at around number 65. But the two shows have already been granted full season runs. Admiring reviews for both aside, the reason lies in the numbers. The ones that measure how a show performs in the long run, not just after its first day of airing. I've heard of the reboot of The Wonder Years. I haven't heard of Ghosts. No, I haven't uh, heard of that either. I've seen uh, promos for it. But nevertheless, it's like, you know, so many people are watching streaming services instead of network, you know, primetime television. You even it's how bad do you have to be to be in 65th place today? Just a little bit better than 66. <laughs> how many how many shows are actually on TV? 67. That's what I thought. Yeah. And that's your Hollywood trash at Rock 102. So you put off that for 6 a.m. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, remember yesterday when we briefly discussed the gentleman who was falsely handed the football used for Tom Brady's 600th career touchdown? And you remember all the things that this fellow was offered in exchange for that football? Bitcoins, game tickets, cleats, two years worth of season tickets, and a $1,000 voucher for the Tampa Buccaneers team store? Yeah, well, those minor trifles might look tempting on paper. When it comes right down to it, what does the guy really want? What sort of recompense does this guy want in exchange for the significantly valuable football artifact? Well, that's the question that everybody was interested in because after Byron Kennedy was randomly given the football by Tampa wide receiver Mike Evans in the end zone, decisions, quick ones, needed to be made. For me, I would have run a detailed analysis on the approximate value of the football contrasted with any number of pertinent factors. Depreciation, inflation, monetization, vaccination. I would have looked at all sorts of different financial scenarios to set my price. And the price would have been significant. In fact, one auction house is claiming the ball could have been worth a minimum of $500,000 at auction. And yet, despite the fact that Byron Kennedy has not yet actually received any of these things yet, I ask you, do free shirts, cleats, game tickets, and some Bitcoin add up to $500,000? Remember... $500,000 would be the very least this ball would get at auction, meaning that its value is probably even greater than that amount. And yet, before he even had the ability to flex his leverage in this exchange, Byron Kennedy gave up the ball anyway. Even the other night on Monday Night Football, Tom Brady himself said he should have held on a little longer to see what else he'd get. And yet, 
he's going to get a couple of smelly game jerseys. In other words, he just passed up at least $500,000 for some tickets and a bunch of dirty laundry. Oh, yeah, he'll get that Bitcoin, which tomorrow could be worth five bucks. I think what I'm trying to say here is this guy might just be the stupidest football fan in America. And to be honest, that's really saying something. But hey, it's my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, if I were going to uh, paint the garage or the bedroom, there's only one person I'd ask for help. Dina at the paint studio of the Island Pond Rocky. She's been helping people for 20 years. People like me, people like you, a veritable professor of paint. Good people, paint people like Dina and the rock solid service that you'll find in every Rocky's Ace Hardware location. I'm back. That's my view from the cow. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 614 and Aerosmith on Rock 102. The storm uh, warning remains in effect till 2 o'clock this afternoon. We're going to get maybe some showers, but also some heavy winds. Uh, But then it will be all over. Uh, 53 right now in downtown Springfield. G. Michael Dobson, the reminder, will be joining us a little bit later on this morning. There's all kinds of local stuff to talk to him about. And there are other local things to talk about from other small papers. Um, I received an email from a listener. Uh, with an article from the Daily Hampshire Gazette regarding uh, yeah, it's it's mayoral uh, season. You got uh, mayor people running for mayor in all kinds of different cities. Actually, <laughs> Mike McCabe called me yesterday to uh, apologize for not uh, advertising on Rock 102, and uh, he, he's running against Don Hummison for mayor of Westfield. Right, and uh, and I said to him, "Look, I, I'm not taking it personal, but when you lose, you'll know why." You know, that argument has been made with other candidates <laughs> oh, yeah. who, for whatever reason, felt yeah. that uh, they, they couldn't possibly have any positive effect for advertising on this show. He, and it wound up destroying their career. Yeah, he didn't feel that way. He he just said the people who buy his advertising forgot. It was not, there was no kind of a statement against us. He just uh, he just said they forgot. Which, they I know. forgot. I, I know. I There's know. A, an election going on, yep. and the people that you hired mm-hmm. forgot. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, the other race that's happening is uh, out in East Hampton, where uh, Willy Wonka is running against the incumbent, Nicole LaChapelle. See, I really think he's more of a Dr. Demento look than a Willy yeah, Wonka. he kind of is. Um, the letter, the email that the listener sent me, it was a link to the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Of an article that was written, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, well, actually, it came out just last week, but it regards an incident that happened in July of 2019, where the mayor apparently emailed a police sergeant saying that she had been riding her bike with her daughter on the uh, 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 Manhattan ro- Rail Trail mm-hmm. when uh, Eric Burzens who is the uh, owner of Fort Hill Brewery and the challenger to run for mayor, uh, came up and rode by us and flipped me off with the middle finger. As we rode down the path by uh, a certain place, Eric was circling in the upper parking lot yelling, Nicole, you're corrupt. Uh, Burzens is embroiled in a dispute with the city over a tax bill, as well as the illegal, alleged illegal construction of a bike and dirt bike track and an addition of new parking spaces to the brewery's property without a permit. Um, so apparently uh, his tone was abrupt and demanding, the mayor said, as he ignored my request to leave me alone. He remained in my personal space as we pedaled. 
I told him I felt harassed, and I asked him to move along. He asked me, what was I going to do, call the police? So she did. Uh, in an interview later, Burzen said LaChapelle's email was her side of the story, mm, but it's true for the most part. Did you say he felt harass? uh, harassed? Harassed. Ah, harassed. Thank harassed. You. Yes. Yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> he said her story is true for the most part. Uh, he acknowledged flipping her off and calling her lady, <laughs> but denied yelling at her from the parking lot. Now, was it a specific Jerry Lewis type of lady? No, uh, I, no I added that myself. Oh, I see. You're yeah. just embellishing. Yeah. Now, I, when I saw this uh, article earlier this morning, and and I brought it, you know, I hit the link to see it from the Daily Gazette, and I saw the the headline and the opening paragraphs, but I didn't, I hadn't scrolled down to realize this is this is quite uh, a lengthy article. Um, someone from the Daily Hampshire Gazette really did their homework here. Light and, or it was a light news day. Or, or a light news week. This thing would have taken quite a while. There are uh, sub-headlines within the article. One that says, uh, Burzen's alleged, alleges deadly plot. Mm. What do you mean a deadly plot? He declined to explain the source of his conflict with uh, the mayor, La Chapelle, saying, if I keep my mouth shut and not do stupid things like talk to the press, I will not be killed. Asked if he really believes his life is in danger, he said yes, but refused to detail any threats or provide the names of anyone allegedly involved in a plot against him. Well, you know, based upon his uh, appearance on that debate with mm. Rich Tedimer, yeah, you know, with the top hat, mm -hmm. seems on the up and up to me. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's hard to think that he might be prone to exaggeration or, or to conspiracy theories, anything like yeah. that. I mean, you know, there's no reason to have a, a second thought about him. The government's done a very good job of keeping me quiet, he said. Offered a chance to respond to some of the comments made about him by city officials in their emails, he said, I'd rather take the hit of being labeled a jerk. I don't want to wind up dead. Man. I don't know if uh, East Hampton, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if East Hampton has those kinds of uh, politics Mm. in town you know i mean if you're talking about uh, like some of the, the larger cities of boston or chicago okay maybe i see potentially a threat of your to your life but it's east hampton i mean it's yeah it's it's not you never know what's happening in those little towns i know i get it but you you i just have a hard time imagining that uh, anyone's life is being threatened because of a few parking spaces in uh, august of 2019 the chairman of the board of assessors reported burson's behavior to a detective describing an incident at the brass cat in which burson's went off on him and began cursing and causing a scene and yelling i'm coming for you at that time the assessor doesn't want to pursue the matter uh, but he he relayed to us that if Eric starts to harass him again, he will explore his options. According to the police department, Burzens was trespassed from the brass cat after getting into an argument with the owner and texting him an inappropriate message about a former girlfriend. Uh, apparently, there was some kind of <coughs> cancer comment in uh, in one of these texts. So that's uh, that's another portion of the article, mm. and then uh, that should, one... by the way, should not uh, hurt the reputation of the brass cat. You know, no, the, the, no, the, you no. could go there, and there could be you know, arguments and fistfights sure. in that place. You'll never find that there. He uh, then, and then uh, another headline here: counselor intervenes. Um, apparently, some counselor had some advice for Mister Burdens and uh, counseled him that his conduct toward the city staff 
needed to improve and that they should bury the hatchet and repair their own relationship. Now, that sounds like that's a, a very good idea. That's a reasonable yeah. request. Unless it's yeah. a Lizzie Borden kind of burying the, of the hatchet. No, probably yeah, not no. 30 times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, last week, Burson has filed a document with the State Office of Campaign and Political Finance stating he will not raise or spend any money on his campaign for mayor. Asked if he's running to win, he said yes, but he expects to lose on November 2nd. His message to the voters about his behavior, he said... Uh, is that he does not tolerate lying. If you lie to me, then I'm not afraid to speak up and defend my position. I'm not going to take it on the chin. Mm. I would be terribly embarrassed if another citizen were treated this way by their government. Asked by the Gazette to explain who lied to him, he had no comment. I believe he said, look around. Do you see anyone's pants on fire? Mm. And that was enough. Uh, He might have his work cut out for him. Well, you know, listen, uh, election day is next week. It's right uh-huh. around the corner. And, and if you're not going to spend a dime to run your campaign, yeah, then obviously well, the expectations are pretty low. He is getting press, though. He's getting press. But you wonder if it's the kind of press that adds votes to the final count or takes them away. Well, there are people out there who believe that uh, no matter what they're saying about you, uh, it's good. I don't think Jeffrey Epstein would agree. No, I don't well, think Father Gagan would agree. Sometimes that you know, you know, all publicity is good publicity thing is somewhat counterproductive. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a case like this, when you're talking about maybe some potentially erratic behavior and a top hat, that uh, you know, maybe he might not be the kind of person you want running your city. But, oh, I don't know. Other but cities he, have had crazier people in office. Oh, no, I agree. They, def- <laughs> they definitely have. And he will root out all liars, which I think is something that well, not a lot of politicians offer to do. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't. I think they don't offer it because it's not humanly possible. Again, these are some counterproductive thoughts yeah, yeah. maybe going through his mind. Yeah. Well, all all but liars, I, but, you know, if you get a good percentage of them, then that's pretty good. No, you're it's right good about bat- that, Good David. batting average, you're right? right. But I do respect the hat. There's the not hat. a lot of politicians these days wearing the top hat. No, not enough, that's for sure. This could be the start of a new trend. You know, I could see Don Hummison putting on a top hat. Um, and then, you know, crossing yep. like the community chest. And I'd like to see uh, Nicole LaChapelle wear one of those one of those big, uh, wide-brimmed hats the women wore back in the 20s. Oh, you mean like the kind they wear at the Kentucky Derby? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, like a dirt, like, like Yeah, right. Or yeah. maybe LaChapelle should wear a La Chapeau. Uh-huh. Ooh, look at that. Hey, look not, not only a hat, yeah. but it's French. Yes. A French hat. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I saw the I, I saw the debate, and I didn't even have to turn up the volume and just saw the guy with the top hat, and I thought, <laughs> if he were running in my town, that would be my guy. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like Brian Doyle Murray in Groundhog Day, right? Mm-hmm. Almost just e- like that. Almost exactly <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. but more kind of like a Dr. Demento. Gotcha. Look, I but mean, not, you know, the, the Willy Wonka thing is not is not a bad uh, reference, but I don't know. There's something uh, more Doctor Demento, and, like like his acceptance speech would be played over fish heads, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and not full stovepipe like a, a, a Blinken. No, not, not quite not, that not, much. Okay. No, All not right. quite. All right, but All not right. but not like Slash either. Okay. No, like somewhere oh, yeah, in between. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's that's all you got. <laughs> Usually you don't have to ask. It's 624 on Rock 102. America has over 4 million miles of... It's 627 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Excuse me. Once again, speaking about newspapers, excuse me, with G. Michael Dobbs coming up. Yeah. um, 
I discovered something over the past couple of weeks that is a little disconcerting because I think it means something. On Mass Live, if you go on Mass Live on a say on a desktop, and uh, you know you go into news and you see an article's headline and you click on that, you'll get uh, the article, the full article. If you do it uh, through the app, or even if I do it through my browser on my phone or my iPad, yeah, you get a basically one-paragraph synopsis of the story. And I'm wondering if that's a move toward becoming uh, or putting up a paywall. Well, I mean, they've essentially started a paywall, you know, with the subscriber-exclusive stories. Yes, you know, whether right. They, whether they go ahead and make the the rest of the site a pay site mm-hmm. is anyone's. I would love to know the numbers of how many people have actually subscribed. Well, it's probably good enough to keep them alive, but it is kind of weird that when I go to read these now on the phone, uh, I get one little paragraph, and I'm like, what? and it's not even a synopsis. It's like the it's like the opening two paragraphs of the article, and then it just ends. Right, just goes away. Right, and the only other way to read it is to to click your way through. And if it is a subscriber exclusive story, mm-hmm. you know, then you got no choice to find that story somewhere else, like well, on, like on Twenty Two or Western Mass News. Yeah, where I'm sure it's equally as accurate. Of oh. course. Let's laugh. Tell me, tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor on Rock One Hundred Two. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Again, they're short, but boy, are they funny. Yeah, we'll see about that. How did Darth Vader know what Luke Skywalker got him for uh, for Christmas? I don't know. He felt his presence. Mm. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. One what, for one. What was the mummy's favorite type of music? I don't know. Rap. Rap. Yeah. Two for two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only familiar with 25 letters of the alphabet, and I don't know why. Ah, <laughs> don't see, know why Because there's 26 <laughs> uh, Did you hear about the beautiful wedding cake? No. I'm sorry, the beautiful the beautiful wedding? No Yes, even the cake was in tears Oh, oh man, that hey. is funnier It's a lot buddy. funnier when you read it oh, right Oh, that is the truth <laughs> <laughs> Booyah Bax and O'Brien 633 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102 It's time for news, filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. All right, here we go, guys, with the cops versus Charlie. Approximately 50 corrections officers in Massachusetts have been suspended without pay for not complying with the governor's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. That number will fluctuate throughout the week as more disciplinary hearings are held. Those corrections officers now have five business days to get their COVID shots. That would likely be followed by a 10-day suspension without pay and ultimately termination if the officers still insist on foregoing their vaccinations. All that according to the state. Oops. Um, I'm trying. I, I didn't read the full article this morning. Um I believe that is for the state prison yes. employees. Yes, correct. Not the county jails. Correct. Yes. Um, they also they've got a new article now on Mass Live that says rapid testing is now required for visitors at the state prisons, which makes sense, I guess, because if you're if you still have guards who haven't been vaccinated and you're allowing visitors to come in without uh, proof. 
then you could have a real outbreak on your hands. And especially if you suspended the visitors without pay from their jobs as right. well. Well, they don't suspend the visitors without pay from their jobs, but they do suspend visitations. Yep. In fact, they did for probably well over a year <laughs> during COVID. I couldn't even get into a concert in Fall River without showing my vaccination card. I'm surprised more people <laughs> aren't asking for it, too. Yeah. But, I mean, you um, – well, hang on a second. I get the sheriff is texting me. Um, yes, it is correct. This does not include the county corrections officers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, imagine you're in jail and for, for a whole year you're not allowed visitation. Mm-hmm. Conjugal or otherwise, I suppose. I, I don't yeah. know how many conjugal ones there actually well, are actually you know, legally. A lot of people in, uh, in the prison system, you know, as, a, as an inmate – you know, they're very sociable people. You know, they're sure. very socially mature and you know, like to see a good smiling face on the other side of the glass. Sure. Who wouldn't? On that phone. Who wouldn't? Which, by the way, are those phones ever, uh, you know, sanitized, ever sanitized <laughs> and point. cleaned in sure. between phone calls? I don't know that the visitation uh, setup is like that. You're, you're obviously thinking of uh, things like um, Seinfeld and uh, what else was it? <laughs> Not arrested. Arrested development. They sat together in the same room. Yeah, because so uh, I, uh, his daughter was able to wear the slut T-shirt. Right, and uh, also uh, George Bluth was also eating that ice cream sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am making love to this ice cream uh, sandwich. Doing time. I'm doing the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the phrase patient dumping. As the nurses strike at St. Vincent Hospital in Worcester approaches eight months, the Massachusetts Nurses Association filing a complaint against the hospital for what it calls patient dumping. Isn't that what bedpans are for? No, different kind of dumping backs. <laughs> Claiming several circumstances last week where patients were found outside the hospital, unattended, wandering around in hospital garb until striking nurses were able to offer assistance. Yes, the hospital has been literally dumping patients outside the hospital because it can't care for them. Uh... These are people that are already admitted into the hospital. Yes. Wearing Johnny's. Yes. Are they connected to um, IVs? <laughs> well, that, that would be an extreme case of patient dumping, John. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know after some procedures, like they want you to to walk a little bit. They mm-hmm. want you to, to you know to get out of bed sure. to be a little active before yeah, but, they re- they release you. But not usually go out in the rain at eh. three a.m. No, but I mean you. Want to keep in shape? You know, I got to tell you, uh, having had my share of hospital stays in the last ten years, uh, I am still amazed at the length of time that a discharge takes. Um, I would rather have been dumped at least three or four times. <laughs> Can't you just put me out in the parking lot somewhere instead of taking six hours to do the paperwork? I uh, I can't agree with you more. The times that I've uh, you know had procedures, you know, for like a procedure that may take like an hour. Yeah. Now. You're waiting three hours to be discharged. Oh, yeah. Which I never yeah. quite understood. You just want to get the hell out of there. And when you've been there for days, you know, I mean, I've had, I had two five-day stays. Uh, you, you're like, they, t- they tell you, all right, well, we're going to let you go home tomorrow. Really? So you're going to start the paperwork now, right? <laughs> you know, actually, that would make a whole hell of a lot of sense. But the problem is that people can sometimes turn for the worst in that last 24 hours yeah. in a hospital, and that's why they don't do it. Yeah, uh, John, you were involved in voluntary employee dumping yesterday when you were locked out of the building momentarily. Voluntary, yes. Yeah. 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 Good job with that. I yeah. never really understood why you were wearing a Johnny, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
All right, John, your favorite company, Eversource, front and center for this next story. While still owing millions of dollars in property taxes to municipalities in Massachusetts, Eversource wants $33 million more to install a secondary natural gas pipeline in Springfield and Longmeadow that would be funded, if approved, by ratepayers. In addition to the outstanding taxes owed by the energy giant, according to MassLive.com, there has been growing opposition to the pipeline from residents in Longmeadow and Springfield over health and safety concerns. Yeah, people don't want the pipeline uh, irrespective of whether or not Eversource isn't paying its taxes, but it is kind of ballsy for, uh, you know, when the city says, hey, listen, you owe us uh, tens of millions mm-hmm. of dollars in property taxes, and you're like, yeah, well, uh, take us to court because, uh, you know, the law says we only have to pay 50% of it if we're going to appeal it. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, you owe us $33 million for this new pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, Longmeadow wouldn't even allow a Papa Gino's in town. <laughs> you think they're going to want a, a pipeline Well, they've already got one. Yeah, I know. And Uh, they probably fought that tooth and nail, too. Now you're going to have a bunch of people saying, uh, we don't like pipes in our town. Or lines. Right. Well, unless it's it's lines to the cappuccino maker. Yeah, I I, that does seem a little. uh, I mean, obviously, one really has nothing to do with the other. But. If you're in a if you're in a battle for a, a person or a company or even a utility to pay their property taxes, it, it seems a little weird that they're saying no and then telling you you've got to pay for additional services. Hey, run the natural gas pipeline right underneath our building here, and then we'll get some of the kickback from that. Come uh, on, what are yeah. you saying? Maybe our building will explode overnight. I believe it's too moist under this building. <laughs> yeah, even a pipeline wouldn't work. UMass Amherst with a problem yesterday, a man in custody after a shelter-in-place alert for a, quote, hostile armed person. Members of the campus community were sent the alert at about 1245 yesterday afternoon, warning that the armed individual was in the vicinity of the University Health Services building. The alert telling students and staff to stay indoors until an all-clear signal was given. Yeah, I... They say that the the individual, by the way, had no connection to the university, Uh, probably just went in there because he was trying to get away from the cops. But um, they have video of it on 22 News. And I do want to say it's it's commendable to see uh, the way the police reacted. You know, sometimes on TV, you'll uh, you'll see a, a person be dragged out of a car or or they voluntarily come out of the car and, and six cops are on top of them punching and kicking and, and doing all kinds of things that they're not supposed to do. That didn't happen in this video. Um, now, one of the reasons is the, the man parked his pickup truck far too close to another vehicle for police officers to really be able to get in between the vehicles. So they ordered him out of the truck and to be facing forward when he got out mm. and then walk backwards to them to the point where he cleared the vehicle next to him and then they ordered him to his knees and one officer walked up behind him, took his right hand, brought it down behind his back, cuffed him and then cuffed the other hand. It wasn't one of these everybody jumps on him kind of things. I, I, I thought that was commendable. Maybe the hostile person was UMass hockey coach Greg Carville demanding a bigger raise for winning the national championship. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's ever been a standoff with him no. uh, yet. 
<laughs> I don't think there's going to be. So when it comes to birds who used to play for the Celtics, of course Larry Bird comes to mind, but Jabari Bird, not so much. The former Celtics player admitting in court yesterday to kidnapping, strangling, and assaulting his then-girlfriend in 2018. Jabari Carl Bird also saying he threatened her in an attempt to deter her from testifying. He gets a probationary period of two years, and also he was ordered to undergo an abuse intervention program. Yeah, probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just looking at that uh, video of the dude in Amherst. Yeah. It's October 26th yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the dude doing without a shirt on in the truck? <laughs> without a shirt on? No shirt? If I'm looking at this thing correctly, dude wasn't wearing a shirt. I thought he was wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks, well, I mean, unless it's like a flesh-colored T-shirt. It looked to me like. Oh, maybe it's one of those uh, wicking ones. Yeah, maybe. So I just, that if uh, he sweats, he doesn't have to worry about it getting all over his car. I, you know, I, I always wonder this. Whenever I look at like uh, mugshot photographs of how many guys get arrested without wearing a shirt on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I, I don't feel comfortable going out in public without a shirt on i don't want to be uh, i don't want to be judged a I'm- lot of them will uh either lose the shirt or have it torn during their apprehension yeah well, that I- could be the problem too and the police don't generally give you a t-shirt well i would think that maybe you should you I mean, know I'm, what? I'm, maybe I'm- we should supply the police with Bax and o'brien t-shirts and say hey listen if you ever an arrestee who needs a shirt? Uh, you know what? You're right. It was a T-shirt. Uh, my yeah, mistake. Yeah. My mistake. Oh, but okay, nevertheless, though, yeah. you do see a lot of guys, you know, in their mug shots without a T-shirt, and to me, it's unsightly. Well, maybe the presence of meth in your system makes you disrobe. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, it know. makes you hot. It makes you overheat. Sure. And, and you got to start uh, disrobing. Yeah. It was, but it was like a light pink yeah, shirt. So a small video. But uh, yeah, I got to tell you, if you're if you're uh, breaking the law or causing a ruckus and there's an arm standoff, at least get yourself dressed. I've always found it odd, and, and, and I'm also the same way. I am. Uh, I would never go out in public without a shirt on, and I'm always kind of, uh, kind of uh, a double take when I see a guy jogging without a shirt on, but mm-hmm. he's carrying it. Yeah. It's like, okay, buddy, we get it. You want everybody to see what you look like without yeah. your shirt on. I told you the guy. Uh, it was jogging in the middle of February last year downtown on a Sunday, freezing cold out, no shirt on. Yeah. For exactly yeah. that purpose, to let everybody know, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm running in 20-degree temperatures without a shirt on. Yeah. I they, can't, they just show off. Simply can't relate to that. Finally, if there's anything worse than an STD, it's a flesh-eating STD. A rare flesh-eating sexually transmitted disease making waves online as it makes its way through the United Kingdom. A doctor there warning that it was starting to appear more often in that country. Donovanosis is rare in the U.S. and can be treated with antibiotics, according to the CDC. But I loved his songs, <laughs> yeah. particularly yeah. Atlantis. Hurdy Gurdy Man was always my favorite one. <laughs> and, and gods they were. <laughs> Be careful with Donovanosis. Relapses can occur mm. months after apparently effective therapy to cure the problem. Mm. I'm going to strongly suggest that nobody Google this because you don't really want to see what it looks like. Is that like Evan? Don't Google my name, Fournier, the yeah. former Celtics player. You don't. You don't really want. You not only do you not want to see the pictures, you don't really want to run into somebody who's got it. Oh my God! <laughs> you're looking at the pictures while you're telling everybody not to. 
Well, I'm doing I, the way I see it. I'm doing everybody a public yeah. service because you know Google. Everyone's got Google, you know, at their fingertips. I'm <laughs> telling you right now, for the love of Jesus, don't Google it. Thanks don't, for doing. Don't run an image search. Thanks for doing the dirty work, yeah. Bax. I I did it so you don't have to. No, I wouldn't have anyway. Um, I read in the article that it was something about uh, beefy red lesions on your junk. Yeah, that's Is about, that about what you're seeing over yeah, there, or a, what? That's about right. <laughs> I also wouldn't look up uh, caseating necrosis either. That's pretty gross, also. I'll put that on the list as well. Please do. Mid fifties today for the highs. Rain ending mid morning. Still a high wind warning in effect for certain counties, and we may get some of that until about two p.m. this afternoon, according to the National Weather Service. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. That's news to me on Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 654. John Fogarty on Rock 102. Hey, uh, this Saturday, it's the Rock 102 Halloween celebration of the Rumble Seat in Chicopee. Uh, I'm going to be there with the road crew from 9 to 11 uh, for their big costume contest. PM, and, right? Yeah, it's a little, right. you don't yeah. typically have the early morning ones. Uh, yeah, never know. Not at the bar. Anyway, it's a $250 cash prize for the best overall costume, with prizes for uh, a bunch of other categories, including uh, sexiest, the best couple or group. Funniest, most original, scariest, always amazing uh, to see what shows up at uh, the Rumble Seat on a regular night, never mind uh, with a costume contest. Uh, the Halloween celebration this Saturday, 9 to 11 at the Rumble Seat on Springfield Street in Chicopee with me and the road crew from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. And played at uh, Center Field. I was uh, reading. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know how things are where you're at, but if somebody working here were acting in an inappropriate fashion, violating strict company policies, flaunting their authority, and disrupting the work environment with things like assaulting other employees, I would like to believe that management would act swiftly, launch an investigation, and quickly remove that person from the office. Because, you see, that's what responsible employers are supposed to do. But when you're an assistant coach for the Chicago Blackhawks, it probably shouldn't take you more than 10 or 11 years to start cleaning house. Yesterday, Stan Bowman, the president of hockey operations for the Blackhawks, resigned after a long overdue investigation released its findings of how the team handled the sexual assault of an unidentified former player by then-video coach Brad Aldridge 11 years ago. According to a lawsuit, the player known only as John Doe claims that he and another player were both sexually assaulted by Aldridge and that the assault was non-consensual. At the time, the team gave, all, gave Aldridge a choice of either resigning from his position or undergo an internal investigation. Aldridge chose to resign, meaning that an investigation of the incident never took place. The lawsuit contends that it was the team's duty to investigate, but instead chose to ignore the situation that it caused. The NHL is now threatening to find the team, and with Bowman's resignation, none of the team administrators from 2010 remain with the club today. Bowman has not only been removed as uh, from his position with the Blackhawks, he was also removed as the GM of the 2022 U.S. Olympic men's hockey team as well. Listen, the last thing that any organization wants to deal with is the allegation of a sexual assault between its employees. But regardless of what anybody wants, it is your obligation to act, to investigate, and to hold parties accountable 
for their actions. It is not to bury your head in the sand and assume that if that guy is no longer here, then it's no longer your responsibility to deal with. And the fact that it's taken these guys 11 years to own up to their systematic failure for not only failing to protect the victims, but for failing to protect anyone in that office, it's shameful. Because sometimes inaction and denial are rarely appropriate responses for people who should be in protecting their employees. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Don't wait for spring. Go to Rocky's now. Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder is on sale all month. You put that stuff in your lawn now and it does magic by next summer. You got beautiful grass all season long. Scott's Turf Builder on sale now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Cheap Trick. On Rock 102. Well, it's official. It is uh, now a bomb cyclone. And the fact of the matter is, um, the east coast of Massachusetts is taking it the worst. Uh, they said that the, a wind gust in Cape Cod was clocked at 94 miles an hour overnight. So really? even though it's not that bad out here in the west, uh, <laughs> the, the coast is getting it and Massachusetts is getting it the worst. So... That's something to think about. Well, and New, New Jersey and New York declared states of emergency yesterday as yeah, well. Yeah, and apparently that was nothing compared to <clears throat> what Massachusetts is getting. Isn't it always the way? The east part, of, eastern part of the state always gets the big stuff oh, and yeah. we get nothing? Well, we don't have an ocean here. It's just a river uh, or a pond. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, five-mile pond mm-hmm. is a pretty major body of water. Oh, I, be, I think that's originally what the Gordon Lightfoot song was about. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got a couple of stories, a couple of interesting stories about uh, people trying to get things uh, that are worth money to them or, or to whoever. Uh, I actually saw this, I heard this act, uh, Sunday during the Buccaneers game, and I kind of, my ears perked up a little bit, and then uh, today, it took until all the way till Wednesday, the New York Post has ri- written an article that says, um, the headline is, Tony Romo under fire for creepy Giselle comment. And I, like I said, I remembered seeing this when they were trying to negotiate with that fan to get the ball back from Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. Right. Tony Romo began to start to pretend to narrate the exchange of what was going on between the employee of Raymond James Stadium and the uh, and the man with the ball. Well, why not? I mean, Romo is a comedy legend. Oh yeah, Every, yeah. Anyone? Ever, do you remember what he used to uh, be like when he played football? Sure, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Well, he's pretty funny in those uh, beer ads that he's well, got going on there. Those what? are scripted and written for him by somebody else. But what he was saying in this uh, pretend narration was as though the guy with the ball were speaking. Uh, a date with Giselle. A date with Giselle, and I'm in. Okay, uh, Tom will do it one time. You got it. And, uh, and uh, let's see here. Tom, Tom, oh, those are the comments of other people. Yeah, immediately uh, people began roasting Romo on social media. I mean, come on. It's like that movie with Woody Harrelson and Robert Redford, right? Where Demi Moore, <laughs> she goes off for a night on his yacht oh, because yeah, right. she, yeah. he loses her in a, some sort of poker game or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and, uh, but, but Tony Romo, and, and I remember, like I said, I remember hearing it. And Jim Nance even was kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know, no, like, that's he was really uncomfortable. But that's Nance's normal sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. He's joking, though. I mean, come on. Seriously? Yeah. It was a little weird. Oh. The guy's offering up the wife of a, not, of a player. He's 
joking. I know he's joking, but you know uh, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're yeah. always looking out for the uh, the the feelings of other exactly. people. So there was um, <laughs> last night on the ABC News. They uh, they ended it with this story of uh, of a guy from uh, Union, Kentucky, whose mother died when he was 15 years old, and and his mother and this kid had lots of memories of this. His mother had a 1971 green Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme convertible. Ooh, that's sweet. Scary. Yeah, very, very nice. And uh, the guy, uh, many years later, wanted to see if it was possible to find the car. And uh, he started searching, I guess, through uh, car, collector, car collector websites or magazines or what have you. And he found it. He found it uh, in the possession of a collector Mm -hmm. out in uh, Michigan somewhere. The man at the time was 61 years old, the man with the the car in his possession, and refused to sell it back to this kid, this now man, uh, despite this heartwarming story of, you know, my mom died when I was 15 and this was her car and... I have so many memories, and the and the sixty one year old's like, ah, sorry, get out of my yard. Well, how old was the car by the time the kid went back? This was uh, this was recently. It's a nineteen seventy one. It's a it's a classic, and and it's in mint condition. I it's mean, the still, guy's a car collector. That's so, what I was gonna say. Is it still yeah. in decent shape? Oh, it's e- excellent shape. Twenty years it took until the now eighty one year old in possession of the car finally says. Yeah, all right, you know what? I'm going to die soon anyway. What the hell? And it doesn't. the story didn't really say whether he sold it back to the kid right. or, or if he just gave it to him. But, I mean, you know, if you got a car that, that you lost your mother at a very young and delicate age, and there's this car out there that you had this kind of these memories with, and this old coots got the car and he refuses to sell it to you, just just because you know either he wants it in his collection or what have you I, I i wouldn't i'd have a hard time dealing with that for 20 years right well and and as you know i'm always going to take uh, the stance of someone who has no feelings and is completely heartless um but if this guy the old guy came into possession of this car and you know worked on it for months at a time to restore it to mm-hmm. that mint condition yep. you know if he really poured himself into it then i can see the hesitancy to just sell it to some random kid that comes up and says yeah my mom used to own that exact same car that car one i'd probably i'd probably say yeah okay kid sure but then, uh, nevertheless, it's like if you've devoted that much time, effort, and money into restoring this vehicle, you know, it's, who's to say you have to give it up to a kid? Well, you don't have to, but to, to address your first point, it would be easy to know whether the kid's lying or not. They would do a title trace and be able to find out that the mother was, in fact, the owner of the car. So now you're just being a bastard. If you want, well, I got no problem with that. If I've if if I've invested yeah. all that time and, and money if, into restoring it, if the kid is offering you at least what you spent, then that sounds like a good deal. If you say to the kid, "Hell, well, you know what? I could get uh, I could get you know," it's like the guy. If the guy at uh, Raymond James Stadium had been thinking and, and and thought for a moment about what he could have gotten for that ball at auction, 
he might have done differently. Well, that ball would have been at the minimum, and they're already saying this on yeah. online. It would have been worth a minimum of five hundred thousand yeah, dollars at auction. That's what they said. Which but, which means it will go much more than that. But, but this guy obviously is not thinking that way. Whereas this guy with the car, it's twenty years of him trying to get the car from the old man, and the old man's just like, "Hey, look, I, I'm sorry, kid. I, I I don't care if your mother died in the car. I'm not uh, I'm not giving it to you." Kid should have gone f- full OJ. Yeah, stole the car. And then, you know, know, see what happens next. Yeah, maybe he still had a key, too. Probably not. No, maybe maybe not. But, uh, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I wish wish they had talked to the 81-year-old. Yeah. Find out what his deal is. It would be nice to get his uh, point of view. But, you know, the truth is, all right, so the kid's got all these memories of this car. I don't know about you, and, and, and Dave, maybe you feel the same way. I'm at the age in my life now where I'm starting to realize that the things I have are just things. Yep. And they're really just taking up space. Yeah. And uh, I can see myself purging a lot of the just the stuff I don't even use anymore. I got a buddy of mine who's a DA back in central New York, actually, yeah. and, and he gets rid of something every week. He and his wife have like declared a certain day of the week the day that they purge something out of their house, no right. matter what. I mean, the memories I have of something that may be attached to a specific item, whether that be a car or a table or a, you know a, a beverage cooler, whatever it could be, it's just stuff. I mean, I understand the kid wants to restore these memories, but at least he has these memories to even... Hold on. Maybe he's afraid one day he won't even have the memories. Yeah, but then he's got a car. uh, Well, that's what I mean. If he didn't get the car back and then he lost his mind and lost his memories, then he's out double. Yeah, I I think what I'm getting at is uh, I'm 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 thinking that uh, there's a very thin line between being sentimental and hoarding. Well, I always heard this. There's a thin line between love and hate. That is true. Uh, Or pleasure and pain. Uh, and and who was that? <laughs> I don't. Remember. I don't remember. Yeah, we work ourselves into a into a mind numbing trivia oh, game. We we box ourselves yeah. into a corner at least three times yeah. a day. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's again, it's too bad. It's too bad that guy in the stands wasn't thinking, or or the people around him. Dude, 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 dude. Well, you can get way more than season tickets and cleats. The thing is, <laughs> and 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 Brady said this on Monday Night Football. The guy gave the ball back almost immediately, yeah. so his leverage goes out the window the moment he hands the the ball over. Of course, it did. In yeah. the moment, the moment. I mean, I would love to have heard how the negotiating was going on. I I I don't think that that guy, that employee of Raymond James Stadium, standing there, said to him, "All right, well, I'll tell you what. We'll give you season tickets for the rest of this season and for next season. I give you two autographed Tom Brady shirts." I'll give you one autographed shirt from the from Mike Evans, no. and I'll give you a pair of Mike Evans's cleats. I, I believe that offer came you, you know, much after the fact. After he turned the ball back over. Right. But you know, the thing is, if if the value at auction would have been at a minimum of a half million dollars, all those things combined, including the Tom Brady Bitcoin, don't add up to $500,000. Oh, yeah. So, yep. And the worst part of it is... He already gave the ball back. I mean, the team could have said to him, they could have done two things. They could have said to him, sorry, we got the ball back. Or they could have given him another ball that he would have no way to authenticate. No, no, no. What you do is you say, 
I'll tell you what, I'm going to take this ball home with me. But here's my phone number. Why don't you call me and come up with something <laughs> that makes sense for all of us? Because well, then he, we talked about this the other day. You could swap balls out, right? Th- exactly. You could yep. swap balls out. The chain of custody is mm-hmm. broken at yep. that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but all those balls, if I'm not mistaken, they're all tracked with serial numbers and everything. Probably. I mean, they, they probably know which ball is out there. Well, mm-hmm. if I were him also, I would have went, you know, this ball feels a little deflated, ha. too. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't seem as as firm as yeah. I would have expected it to be. Yeah, maybe I'll hold on to this. Is Mr. <laughs> Goodell here? Get, get me a tire gauge. Yeah. I need to know what the PSI of this ball is. It's uh, 722 on Rockness West. It's 725 of Baxton O'Brien of Rock 102. Well, I hope they're ready over at MGM. Four. Any day now, uh, the headline on Mass Live this morning, it's time to do something. Massachusetts moving to legalize sports betting. Aha. Uh-huh. And Eric Lesser says, I personally think it's time to do something. <laughs> the goal is to get it right. So I'm thinking days. Days. Um, You'll probably be able to put money on the Pats uh, this weekend. Either days or decades, one or the other. Yeah. yeah this yeah, they, is absolutely a top-tier issue, Lesser said. Mm. It's been something many of us have been working on on almost a daily basis, and there's very active conversations going on. But not a whole lot of active, <laughs> active. things going on. You know, not a lot of action. Yeah. You know, it's, all, uh, it's all words. It, it's like... Yeah, we know. We know this, Eric. Come on. And, and and we also know, you know, that there are other things like election reform and redistricting and federal stimulus spending that just might rise to the top. Do you ever see uh, a situation where a, a whale beaches itself at, at the at the shore? Sure. Remember when Peter tried to push that one back in with the forklift? Yeah, exactly. But you remember, like, prior to those situations, there's usually, like, a bunch of... Uh, of concerned townspeople that try to push this slow, heavy whale back into uh, into the water. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what it feels like when you have like a like. It's like Eric Lesser trying to push the whale back into the water. Right. It's like, and you, know, you can tell Eric does not go to the gym. No, he's uh, a he's a very uh, he's a I don't he's think he's got slight. a lot of he's slight. He's a little <laughs> fay, not a lot of upper body strength, but. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like, you know, for all we know, he could look like Willie the groundskeeper with his shirt off. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he rips his shirt off and he's cut. No, I, to me, that's like, this is the, the the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, we know what we need to do. We know that this uh-huh. is, this is an, it's an inevitable part of the future of Massachusetts, much like, you know, casinos and cannabis yep. and, and everything else that we have ever done in the last 300 years. And we are not reinventing the wheel. No, but we are slowly trying to push that enormous beached whale into the ocean again. You know what's sad about it all is that people lose lots of money in sport. I mean, yes, I understand the viability of this as a business, but people ruin their lives. My dad, God rest his soul, lost the equivalent of a house at the track one time mm-hmm. in about 1959, the year I was born. But if he lived just one more day. Yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 last double or nothing. He could have bought two houses well, for what he was about to win. You're right, Dave. But I mean, you know, <laughs> the same thing could be said for prescription drugs and yeah. alcohol. And, you know, I mean, you can only do so much to protect people from themselves. Sure. But uh, Eric, yeah, Eric says, hey, why don't we get started where there's a consensus? 
you know, I, I, I know he's not the only voice out there that's saying this. No, it was 156 to 3 when the state representatives <laughs> be, uh, voted back in July <laughs> to allow colle- I'm sorry, to allow collegiate sports gambling. Right. Which is not included in Lesser's proposal. But you would think that there's somebody else on the other side of the state is saying did somebody hear Eric Lesser uh, speak? Who was that kid that was in here a few minutes ago <laughs> yeah, talking who, about betting? Who was that youngster from, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. is it, Longmeadow that's, yeah. that's got a scratched itch? Wearing that Planet Fitness shirt. Unbelievable. <laughs> Planet Fitness shirt. <laughs> He's wearing that gold gym you know, crop t-shirt exactly. to show off his, his substantial core. Yeah. It's 729. News is next to Rock One. Visit MGMSpringfield.com. 7.32 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering a free down payment coupon valued up to $1,400. Call today and mention Rock 102 for this special October offer. Filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. Well, as long as we were talking about Tom Brady's potentially deflated 600th touchdown ball and mm. also sports wagering, I might as well lead with this because Pro Football Network is reporting that the Houston Chronicle says... Deshaun Watson's headed to Miami. The oh, really? The quarterback from For the Texans. Vacation? No. The <laughs> Dolphins and Texans have agreed to terms on a trade for the troubled quarterback. Now, Miami owner Stephen Ross first is insisting that legal issues are resolved and he gets clarity from the NFL office on discipline. Also, with regard to this deal... Per the Houston Chronicle, the Texans would receive three first-round picks if the deal is done. Now, I don't know about you guys. I wouldn't touch Deshaun Watson right now, but this explains why the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Three first-round picks for yes. a guy who could potentially be either suspended for years right. or in jail. Or Well, it, or, but then the deal falls apart. Yeah, I guess. But once they've signed on the dotted line, that's why they're asking for clarity on this. Well, they're also saying when the legal things are over. So if the guy does get convicted or sent to jail, there, there is no trade. Yeah, well, it, it's not going to happen. Well, but that, well could, that could happen at some point down the line, though. But they don't necessarily return the picks. If, it, yeah, if oh all- yes, oh I'm sure they do. Well, I'm sure that if if this is contingent on the legal issues being taken care of first, yeah, but, you're, but then you're talking about a time frame issue because yeah. if these legal issues go on for another twelve months, sure, if this you, becomes the Nathan Bills of the NFL, well, you know what. It's true. I mean, if it goes on that long, yeah. and you're talking years before he's ever, you know, prosecuted or 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 whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, those those draft picks might have already been retired, used. Yeah, they, yeah, right. Those guys will all be in the Hall of Fame already. Uh-huh. Well, well, plus this wouldn't be a distraction in the locker room or with regard to press conferences. Yeah, there'd be no questions about Deshaun Watson yeah. as they're trying to sort out their other on-field difficulties. you got, you got, you got to feel good owning a, a football team and say, hey, you know what we could really use? We could really use a dirtbag quarterback. Uh, yeah, because they'd be the only ones. I mean, come on. The Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, the Patriots. Every team, practically every team in the NFL has had an issue with taking on someone whose character was extremely questionable, and they don't care as long as his athleticism is much better. It depends. A lot of times, though, it really depends on the infraction. And, you know, here you're talking about something that, uh, you know, that could potentially, you know, have him incarcerated for yeah. a period of time. Could have. But I'll tell you, if, if, uh, 
If Aaron Hernandez had only gotten parole, yeah. he'd be playing today. Yeah, that's right, but it's hard to get parole when you shot two people execution style in a North Attleboro Industrial Park. You didn't have a very good lawyer. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just want to pass this along because I just saw it on TV a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sinkhole has opened up uh, in Chicopee near the uh, near the corner of Montgomery Street and Cross Street. It's actually on Cross Street, uh, but Montgomery is being blocked. They're only allowing one lane of traffic in each direction. Uh, and, and apparently this thing swallowed a car. Uh, the car has since been removed, and they're working on fixing it. But uh, there's a sinkhole. Montgomery and Cross Street is kind of like down near Al's Diner. So oh, wow. uh, go somewhere else. Those are scary. You see, you see them in Florida all the time. Yeah. They are scary for sure. can't Although imagine I, being sitting on one right when it opens. I can't imagine trying to explain to your boss why you haven't shown up to work yet. Yeah. Uh, boss, but yeah. turn on the TV. You can <laughs> hey, start you, with that. You see that car in the hole? Yeah. That's my that's car. That's my car. That's me in the hole. Still <laughs> in the car. It's like that TV series La Brea right now. Have you seen the promos for nah. that, the trailers for that? I've tried watching that a couple of times. Uh, I can't make it through a whole episode. Uh, I've got another Chickabee story for you in just a second, but one last thing on the Dolphins acquiring Deshaun Watson, if it happens. You know, their current quarterback isn't that bad. It's Tua, it, Tua Tungavaloa. Mm. And by the way, Tungavaloa, I don't even know of Aloa. I, I, uh, I wouldn't tongue one if I ever met one anyway. <laughs> 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 Not without charges. No. Right. But but the Dolphins' problems aren't their quarterback. No. I, I got to tell you, he played pretty good last weekend. All right, on to the rest of the news. In Chicopee, a cannabis company and a soup company making excellent partners. Good soup. Yeah. A cannabis company is going to help Lorraine's Soup Kitchen and Pantry. They're going to help them meet their long-term goal of helping families who often don't know where their next meal is coming from. This is a theory wellness? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, theory wellness uh, funding this program, which involves a mobile food pantry that will travel to places where they know there are people facing food insecurity. So these are not uh, like uh, recipes made with weed. No, No, it's not cannabis recipes, unfortunately. It's too bad. But hey, who knows what they're doing at Lorraine's Kitchen? That's their business. Well, this is good news for folks who don't know where their next meal is coming from, that the food will come to them. Well, I think it's part of the deal. I think I think it was part of the Cannabis Control Commission's rules that uh, that these dispensaries had to donate or appropriate a certain percentage of monies back to the community. Uh, and I might be wrong, and it might just be Theory Wellness came up with this idea on their own, but it, it seems to me with all the damn rules that they put on these dispensaries— Anything they do is probably because they have to. And again, if I'm wrong, that's that's great. I'd love to be. Um, theory Wellness, I've gone to a couple of times for uh, the seltzers, the uh, right. THC seltzers. Mm-hmm. Always a line out the door, that place. Uh, Oftentimes. Not always, but it's very crowded. Yeah. It's always crowded. Well, listen, if that's an obligation for all of these, uh, all of these, uh, these dispensaries, why, well, to remind everybody, the Mayflower Marathon begins November 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. We'll take all the weed you want. Well, I don't know about the weed, but we'll certainly take a cash donation. I take weed. We should take weed. Yeah, but that's uh, that's not the mission. I mean, if you want to be gifted uh, weed, that's totally up to you. Well, that's it. I mean, it's all donations. Nobody's selling us anything. Well, it's a good deal. Uh, Sam Kinison used to scream at folks in Africa to move where the food is. Well, this is going to be just the opposite. The food is going to come to the people that need it most. Meantime, a 79-year-old man in Ohio 
being accused of shooting his 50-year-old son because his son wouldn't stop playing the guitar. Here's Fred Hensley's 911 call. 911, what's the emergency? I accidentally shot my son here. Is he awake? Yes. I need to know where he was shot at. Was it the head, the arm, the chest, the leg? It's in his side. Ah, That's just in his side. It was accidental. Right. Just rub a little dirt in it. Exactly. Mean to. Get back in the game, for Christ's sake. Do we know what song the kid was playing? Doesn't say, and would love to know that detail. Give me back my bullets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Or maybe that annoying Gordon Lightfoot song you referenced earlier. Oh, you're back at Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, Yeah, I'd have shot him too. Right? I would have given him a little pass on Sundown, though. I like that song. (laughs) But uh, I like the the way the dispatcher is like, uh, well, where was he shot? Was it uh, the head, the arm, the leg, a toe, the ring toe, the middle toe, the big toe? Which one? It's like, shut up and let the guy tell you. He's like something. playing the game of operation there, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, he was taking it kind of calmly. You know, if yes. I accidentally shot somebody, I'd probably be, you know, in a little bit of a panic. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's not his first time. Well, maybe you could pick it up if you play it again. Supposedly, this guy was hard of hearing as well. The kid or no, the old man? No, the old man. Oh, well, then the kid must have been playing. Was this an electric guitar or a folk guitar? Doesn't say. Mm, might have been electric. Probably. Probably playing, you know, Smoke on the Water for the 10 billionth time. Or are you trying to do the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah, that's not... Uh, you you'll, you, you, only Hendrix can do that properly, yeah. and he's not doing it anymore. Or maybe he did do it, and then he was lighting uh, the guitar on fire with lighter fluid, like Hendrix did. Such showmanship, yeah. and yet you get shot for it. Mm-hmm. Chipotle has its annual burrito event coming up for Halloween again. <laughs> That's B-O-O-R-I-T-O. They are clever people. Burrito. They've been doing this since 2000, by the way, allowing customers to dress up to receive a free burrito on their Halloween promotion, Burrito. Yeah, I noticed they don't do a promotion for the Poo-Rito about mm. two hours later. <laughs> this year, the Burrito event is going virtual. Starting tomorrow, customers can access Chipotle's virtual restaurant location on something called Roblox.com. Anyone? Roblox.com? Nope. nope. What, um, uh, how how uh, involved does this costume has to have to be to get this burrito? Well, apparently the virtual deal, you're just working your way through a series of puzzles and mazes nah. in order to get your free burrito. So nah. it doesn't even involve dressing up. Well, then that sounds pretty easy. And, I can go there with a baseball cap on and yeah. just tell them I'm Tom Brady. Well, you can do it all virtually. Customers can use the code word burrito for a free $5 burrito from 5 p.m. to closing on October 31st. Listen, there's a, I love a burrito like anybody else, but there's I got limits to how much I'm going to do for a free one. I don't like them. You don't like them? Nah, I'm not really a Mexican food fan. Oh, it's not real Mexican food, though. But does it have black beans in it? I don't know. Why? Or you, beans you, of any kind? Well, you what's can, wrong choose, with, you can wrong? choose to have beans or not choose to have beans. What's yeah, a, but I mean the standard burrito, if you're not asking for it customized, does it have uh, beans in it? I don't know. And is it d- d- black beans versus regular beans? Do you care? No, just I, all I beans. hate them all. Really? Hate them all. Yeah. Oh, see, I love the beans. Can't but stand yeah, beans. You could probably order something from a Chipotle say, hey, no beans. I got a bean yes. intolerance. Right. Uh, I could see where a lot of that stuff might be pre-made. Or just no, it's not. It's made right there uh, at uh, as you order. 
That's like, uh, that's like, uh, well, I mean, you know, you walk into a subway and you can see all the ingredients and yes, you can pick and choose, but I, I don't know the beans in a Mexican food. That seems like it's just a standard thing. No, no, it's not. Everything is made to order. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a Chipotle guy anyway. Although in Enfield, Serape's is very good yeah, as a good. local Mexican I, restaurant. I, listen, I love Mexican food and, and I love a good bean. Where you is get, that? Serape's? Yeah. Uh, it's right outside the complex where I live in uh, Thomasville. Oh, Thompson, Thomasville, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you could you could uh, go in there and say, "Listen, I don't want any beans. Just load me up with meat and cheese, and wrap it up uh, in, in a big tortilla and heat it up." Well, and then like, that's all you need. It's like when I when I order uh, the fajitas, I always uh, I say, uh, "Hold the sour cream, hold the guacamole, and hold the salsa. Just bring me a sizzling skillet." I can't stand salsa anyway, and I don't like... Um, you don't like salsa? No, because I don't like that green stuff that they put in it. What's the guacamole. The, no, 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 oh, I love guacamole. Those are peppers. Yeah. No, no, not the peppers. It's the that... It's, cilantro. Yes! Hate that! You Some, know that uh, salsa that. is now the number one condiment in the world? Yeah, yeah, you know why? Because people like to say salsa. Well, what happens if someone orders salsa with their salsa? Have a salsa and salsa? Salsa with your salsa? That's right. <laughs> Okay, Jackie Mason. A lot of no, people. No, that was a whole uh, Seinfeld, Seinfeld bit. Yeah, no, I know. A, a yeah. lot of people, and it's a it's a weird uh, physiological thing where when they eat cilantro, it makes them feel like it's uh, tastes like soap. Yes, that's the way I feel. All right, I so hate- you're you're one of those people that uh, that has that. Me, I love that stuff, and I and, uh, and I love the salsa. And I love the guacamole, and I will eat sour cream like it's pudding. It's me too, <sighs> but but the cilantro, no way. You and I can't be friends anymore. By the way, cilantro <laughs> is also called something. I didn't know you else. Were. Cilantro has a secondary name too. And it's the same thing. It's cilantro in Italian, and then there's another word for it in Espanol. And I forget, mm. it's, it's escaping me right now. I'll find this it. This is interesting. Um, speaking of Halloween promotions, <laughs> alongside the burrito, the Springfield Thunderbirds have a big deal going on this weekend for a home game Saturday night against Scranton Wilkesbury. It's T Bird's Beer Stein Night. Like it's not already. So go to the game against the Penguins this Saturday night and get yourself a free beer stein. I like that. Yeah. By the way, free beer stein? Yeah. 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 Beer stein Uh, giveaway. I mean, obviously, as long as they last. But it's a Thunderbird beer stein. Yes. No, I get that. I just, uh, the stein is free, but the beer is not. Well, I think it's being sponsored, co-sponsored by a uh, a specific dark beer, and I forget which one it is, and maybe it's part of the pregame party that's going on you know uh, at, at mass I, mutual center i don't like i don't drink a lot of beer anymore um but i always preferred it in a stein i don't really care what the uh delivery method is i like a boot or a stein i don't you know the boot and I, i'm not going to specify particular boots but the uh the only boot i can think of the problem with it was it had a very uh, almost sharp edge around the rim that you would drink from, and it was almost like you could cut your lip on it. Yeah, well, it, it the drinking from a boot, and anyone who, who's done it will tell you that it's all about the technique. You know, you're you're not only you don't want to uh, slice your lips off, but you also don't want to get a face full of beer. So it all depends on how you position the toe. Well, that's why I think <laughs> I I would have they should have capped the top of the boot, mm. and then you drink it from the toe. Yeah, it'd be like one of them, uh, one of them hamster water bottles, right? Where you, you hang it in front right, of right. you, and you just walk up and suck the toe. Many years ago, <laughs> um, I was at uh, I was at the Oktoberfest of the uh, at the at the fort, 
and I was uh, with a buddy of mine who bought me. Uh, he said, do you want a boot? I'm like, eh, I'm not really drinking beer. He said, well, I know, but watch this. And he got me, uh, it, <laughs> it was a boot of V1 vodka and soda. Oh, my God. With very little soda. Uh-huh. I, I suppose in a way that was probably an irresponsible thing to have, but I had only four of them. So it was yeah. like I, I and tried. it was a short to- drive anyway. Yes, at the time it was. It was just you know downtown to another part of Springfield. Uh-huh. That, that's uh, that's okay. By the way, uh, coriander is yes. what you're, is your you're looking at the other name for cilantro. Yes, yeah, but uh, but hey, uh, I'd like to get a Thunderbird uh, Stein. I'm surprised they didn't give us one when the Nate Costa was here. Was it last yeah. week or the week before? Well, maybe they weren't in yet. That was a week ago. Yeah, maybe could be mid fifties today. Supply chain, you know, supply yeah. chain problems. <laughs> well, they better hurry up. Mid-50s for the highs today, rain ending mid-morning. Still some high winds in the area, but mostly, as John was saying, in the eastern portions of Massachusetts, that according to the... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 7.55. And Ozzy Osbourne at Rock 102. The uh, storm that kind of petered out here in the uh, western part of the state has really nailed the eastern part. Uh, They had a wind gust, apparently, last night or yesterday afternoon on the Cape, 94 miles an hour. Uh, But here... The rain is uh, going to be ending, and whatever we get between now and the time it's done isn't even going to be that much anyway. Although the storm warning is still in effect until 2 p.m. It's uh, 51 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, have you ever miss a Bax and O'Brien show? Not to worry. We got you covered. You just go to BaxandO'Brien.com and download, or even just listen to the Bax and O'Brien Daily Podcast. It's available every weekday on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And like I said, on BaxandO'Brien.com. And also check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, Andrew Ferris of In Excess, uh, one of the greatest selling uh, bands out of Australia, only behind ACDC and the Bee Gees. So he's the guy that uh, not only started the band, but wrote most of their hits. Also, you can check out the old uh, in, uh, episodes, too, with like Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols and rock journalist Ira Robbins and Fee Wable from the Tubes and many, many more on BaxandO'Brien.com. I didn't know Matlock was in that band. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Matlock. Right. Andy huh. Griffith. Yes. I'm trying to remember what the hell I saw the other day. Was it on The Family Guy where they had uh, like uh, Halloween costumes of, of these guys that were referred to as the Hebe Bee Gees? <laughs> <laughs> That's a combo. <laughs> yeah, the music is so good to make your skin break out in lesions. Yep. It, it's 7.57 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.10 and Van Halen on Rock 102. Storm warning remains in effect till 2 o'clock this afternoon, but it's really not much of anything out here on the uh, western part of the state. The Cape got nailed. Uh, we'll see rain, uh, in shower form until this afternoon and then tomorrow sunshine 51 right now in downtown Springfield in the city was right now. It's been a while since we've had him. It's always good to ha- welcome back uh, G Michael Dobbs from the reminder. Good to see you, Michael. Excellent to see you Bax and, and John, it's, it's a pleasure to hear your disembodied voice. <laughs> yes. Well, many people would like to see it that way, but, uh, so far so good. Oh, it is Halloween. You could pull it off. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, Ichabod crane. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start off by uh, saying you did a very nice job uh, uh, in memorializing Charlie Ryan, who died uh, last week. Uh, Thank you, Charlie Charlie was a great guy. I think you did a a really beautiful job with it. Uh, He was a great guy, and uh, it it was a pleasure knowing him, uh, not only as a reporter, but as a person. And um, 
I, I think that when people look at the history of the city of Springfield, they'll understand the role that he played in, in, in pulling us out of a tremendous financial problem that we had that basically brought us to the brink of receivership. So, yeah, he did a great job. And he, of course, is the founder of the city. No, uh, believe, oh, not that old. I'm b- sorry. Believe yeah. it or not, <laughs> he's a li- He was too young at the time. Ninety-four years. I mean, I haven't seen. I hadn't seen Charlie in at least. Uh, it might have been the year before the pandemic, but um, still sharp as a tack. I would like to be that sharp when I'm sixty-four. You weren't that sharp at thirty-four. I, I know. I probably was my sharpest at four. You're <laughs> <laughs> just insane a whole hell of a lot. But you know you're you're right about that when you think about you know the 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 control board and the receivership, you know that period of Springfield's history required a great deal of very uh, deft leadership in the in the mayor's office because a lot of tough decisions had to be made and a lot of things had to be conceded as a result of the control board being there, and uh, a, a lesser man would have made that an ap- absolute disaster. No, he was. Uh... He was expert in being able to walk that line between what the city could do, what the city had to do to get out of that financial problem that was in. So he did a fantastic job. He was a very nice guy, and uh, he will be missed. You also had a uh, a column that uh, I've talked about this a couple of times because even though my very pro-police personality and and beliefs – is kind of uh, a little juxtaposed here in this one. The the vaccination issue with the Massachusetts State Police, uh, you were pointing out all of these other things that people have to be vaccinated for, all these other laws that people will have to follow, and, and in fact, the police have to enforce, and yet they're the ones who are, are saying that they don't want to be vaccinated. I, I disagree with, their, with the union's position as well. Well, I just didn't understand it. Um, I, I think any first responder should be as protected as he or she can be from aspects of of uh, health concerns like 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 the pandemic, like COVID. Uh, so it, it I, I don't. Uh, police officers on a routine basis are in close contact with people that they do not know, mm-hmm. uh, and may be quite belligerent about not being known. So. It only made sense to me that they would be vaccinated, and it did not make any sense that this now becomes, uh, you know, a collective bargaining uh, chip here to, well, to be used. So. I don't think it's going to be, but uh, I also read the other day where in the last two years, more police officers have died of COVID than gunshots or car accidents combined. So, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you'd say— Look, the odds, uh, uh, I'm, I'm putting on a bulletproof vest every day, but I won't take a vaccine. Yeah, I don't understand that logic, John. Mm-hmm. And and I, I tried to express that. I did get a very angry letter from from a uh, reader about it, um, believing that, uh, you know, once again, uh, an inte- uh, a liberal such as myself was imposing uh, imposing things onto people and, and violating their, their freedom. Um, I'm not trying to violate anyone's freedom. I will actually like people to be healthy and live, okay? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, not everybody. Well, well, well. But, he, but he's not the one making that choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll leave that up to you, John. Okay. I know that you have a list. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not not quite as long as the list of uh, of people you mentioned in, in another column with uh, Smith & Wesson's departure, 550 jobs leaving the area. And and one of the things you brought up in, in the column, which I, I didn't think about before, and I wonder how many other people think about it, too, it's 
not just the jobs within Smith and Wesson, and by that I mean the building, let alone the company, but the the vendors as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of tentacles that go out of this thing. Any large company is doing business with other companies, and when you start cutting um, the production of your product or the number of your employees, you are going to affect other companies. Whether it's it's food companies that are supplying uh, a, a business with uh, food items, or if it's you know just just think of all of the ways that you spend money. Not you personally, John, because I know you don't spend money. No, I do not. I've right. seen the way you dress. Mm-hmm. So. Um, <laughs> And that's coming from you. Right. Yeah. That's coming from a guy whose idea of fashion is Bass Pro Shop, okay? So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. But, you know, uh, all of the ways that we spend money, now take all of those ways out because you no longer have a job in the area, and you are going to be affecting any number of businesses. Uh, so it's it's on the individual level. It's on the corporate level. So, yes, we're going to see a, 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 a nice – a nice hit from this. I think one of the the astonishing things about this, and we and and I remember talking about it this uh, the day after it happened. In fact, that we had uh, Tony Signoli on the phone with us talking about it was the astonishing understanding of what this really means. You have Bud Williams uh, speaking publicly because he co-sponsored this legislation that basically taught you know you know scared them away. Uh, saying that he's less concerned about the closure uh, or the uh, the loss of jobs and more concerned about avoiding um, you know spree shootings and everything else. But the problem is you're not talking about eliminating the guns from Smith and Wesson making these. They're just going to make them somewhere else. They're going to make them probably even in bigger numbers as a result of this because they can. What you've basically done is you've eliminated 500 jobs from your own district, and the tone deafness of that of his comments. Are e- even from Bud Williams standards, were were shocking to me. So you know this legislation that that Smith and Wesson executives cited as the trigger, uh, that you know essentially they could not make a certain weapon in the state of Massachusetts unless it was going to law enforcement or military. Um, it was to me the type of legislation that somebody does in order to have a talking point. It's not legislation that is practical at all. Uh, and, and in fact, I I was willing to bet lunch at the fort to people who really thought that this was going to get passed. I didn't think it was going to get out of committee. I Is lunch still on the table? Uh, it depends. Uh, <laughs> depends who we're talking about, how big their appetite I'm is. I'm hungry. Oh, geez. Um, you know, I don't think that Baker would have signed it. I don't think it would have gotten through the, the Senate. I don't think it would have gotten through the House. It was it was that type of protest legislation that doesn't mean anything. And the fact that Bud Williams was involved in any of this in any way, shape, or form, yes, that was completely illogical. You, you know, one of the things that any elected official does is want to boost the jobs in the district, not take jobs away especially taking jobs away that were decent uh, middle-class jobs. And that have been here since the middle of the 1800s. I That's, mean, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's an absolute shame. Yes, I agree. Do, do you think that because Smith & Wesson is moving south of the Mason-Dixon line, they'll have more success overall with their operation? Okay, so they're going into a facility that uh, reportedly uh, was given to them for $1 in terms of the property. I had to talk uh, them down. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to a state that calls itself a first, a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to have um, 
certain advantages, especially in terms of the deal that they've been given and the tax breaks they've been given by the county they're moving to, that they were not receiving in Massachusetts and would not have received in Massachusetts. In the, in the last couple of minutes that we have uh, here, I want to talk about a story that uh, that actually the reminder has been covering uh, in my town of, uh, of Hamden. There is uh, There are two proposals in Hamden, and if you've ever driven through uh, the town the last couple of weeks, you've probably seen the signs about self-storage in Hamden. Two proposals that have gone through the planning board. It hadn't even gotten to the point where the Board of Selectmen have gotten to this yet. But it has gone back and forth uh, over and over again, and it's it's becoming almost a laughable circus what's going on in Hamden. What do you, what do you know about this story? So the two guys on the planning board have heard about it, but the two guys in the town council haven't. Like it was a, it's actually like a total of four. It's one table at the Hamden House. Well, no, it's not. It's there's there's uh, I believe six people, five or six people on the planning board. Whoa. And the last couple of town meetings have been packed with people who are who are wanting to voice their opinion, but haven't even gotten to that point because it's now up to five different continuances Whew. before they vote on either one of these things. Uh, our reporter Sarah Heinen has done a, a great job in Hamden covering this and. Okay, so what amazes me about this is that we're not talking about, oh, gee, you know, a slaughterhouse. We're not talking about a leather factory. We're not talking about something that would generate— Talking about a dispensary. uh, That, too. Yeah. We're we're talking about self-storage facilities. Um, There are a few businesses that I can think of that are as inert as self-storage facilities. You have have somebody who runs the place, and they rent out places— for people to put stuff that doesn't fit in their houses. Right. So it's it's not an impactful business. And what I've been failing to understand is how this kind of business could reshape the the character, the personality of the town of Hamden. Well, let me, let me explain this. The problem is, is the both parcels of land that are being talked about abut property, uh, you know, private you know, ownership of you know people's houses. And there's there are you know there are restrictions in the bylaws in the town that are kind of being ignored by this or modified, but they don't even want to talk about you know certain parts of this. The other issue is you have a bunch of businesses around the down that the center area of town that have had to modify their plans to to comply with the 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 the, the, the flavor of the town. Uh, Redica Software had to spend. Tons of money to uh, to make their building look like a house rather than a, an office building. The veterinarian uh, down there had to spend a lot of extra money. Neither one of these two plans uh, are being held to the same standard. And the, a lot of business owners over there are saying, hey, wait a minute, how come I had to spend all this money to retrofit my plan, but the same standard doesn't apply to this? The problem you have with these two plans is no matter what the planning board decides, there's litigation on the table. That's inevitable. They're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. And they have been it's been laughable how they have tried to not make a decision on this. And the townspeople don't want it. The townspeople don't want it because it encroaches upon you know, private property and and uh, and wells and water and everything else. And and it, it seems like the planning board is just too afraid to make the right decision, even though their own bylaws support saying no to both plans. Well, I think this is you know this is a, another classic case of taking a look at your tax base 
and saying, well, geez, you know, the town of Hamden, um, it does have some businesses, absolutely. Uh, it has a very large business with great horse, that's for sure. Right. But, you know, what's the goal of most municipalities is to try to have enough businesses that you can take some of the burden off the property taxes of residences. And I'd much rather have a storage facility backed up to my backyard than a new neighborhood full of homes with kids playing. <laughs> well, you know, fun. I was just about to say, John, and I, you know, we're simpatico today, John. I, yeah. I don't know what's happening here. It must be the atmosphere <laughs> that if, if somebody was going to say to me, uh, you know, that lousy neighbor who keeps harassing you, um, which I do have a lousy neighbor who keeps harassing us. He's going to sell out for a, you know, a self-storage facility. I would be dancing a yep. jig in the middle of the street sure. exactly. in sheer happiness. But in a town of 5,000 people, you don't need two separate storage facilities. And you certainly don't need it if it's going to affect the property values of the people around it. Well, well I, are they put, talking about putting it like near that solar farm? No, they're talking about putting it... Right, you know, like right on uh, East Lawmeadow Road and Main Street. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's literally right in the center of town. And even though, and they're two separate plans, and and you know neither one of them, you know, people want because it is it, it's affecting a lot of different things with the the property owners around it and the the the, the business owners around it are are screaming about it too because you know they were held to a different standard. Well, first of all. They shouldn't have been held to a different standard. That's for, for that's for damn sure. Uh, second, once all of this gets done, backs once it's in the rearview mirror, and if you have to go and raise property taxes in Hamden, uh, there will be people who will say, "Well, maybe we should have reconsidered this," and or maybe we should reconsider in general the the uh, the tax structure, the ordinances, the rules and regs that that affect businesses in town. I mean, I I have to say that you know. A software business is a pretty benign business. Again, it's it's not like you're you're doing something that's truly impactful on on anyone's life. You're having people work on computers for goodness' yeah, well, sakes. Well, the, the the homeowners in that area are not are not agreeing with that. They're, homeowners say what? They're pretty they're pretty passionate about it. So I don't know. It's an on it's an ongoing thing, and there's still going to be some resolution about it. But I'm glad you guys are covering it. Well, we we're trying. It's uh, good to see you, by the way. Excellent to see you, John. Good to not see you. Uh, it's good not to see you. Should I walk past the studio and, and That's okay. wave? Nah, you don't have to buy it. I remember what you look like. He yelled at me when I just said hello to him the other morning in the studio. <laughs> yeah, you're probably, probably better off just walking away. Okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll just put my mask back on and slink back into the parking lot. There John. you go. Michael Dobson, reminder. It's 826 on Rock 102. Hey. Hi. Hey. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Tomorrow on the show, we're having uh, Scott Zolak uh, on the phone. We're going to talk about uh, Patriot football. So well, uh, that's good. Assuming he answers the phone. Oh, assuming he answers the uh, the phone. Well, he he did call back. Yes, I am aware. Wanted to come back on the show. Too but late. Was, yeah, we were already into something fascinating by that point. It's so. like it's like the governor. I mean, you know, people think we just sit here for four and a half hours and just twiddle our thumbs and talk about crap. Uh, we're very highly regimented. Yeah, we, we don't. Twiddle our thumbs. No, no, we've got we've got times that we have to hit and and uh, commercials that we have to play sometimes sim- simultaneously, and uh, we it's not it's this is not fun. Well, you know, uh, I can understand the uh, the hesitance of a guest not wanting to sit through a three minute door song. I, I can I can sometimes understand that, but imagine how we feel. Yeah, we, we have to play it six times a week. We have to sit through the whole damn thing, mm-hmm. and and then you know get ready to play an Eddie Money song soon after that. Yeah. So it's not always uh, 
it's uh, not always as glamorous as it seems. You but, listen to Touch Me four times in a week. But uh, Zolak is uh, Zoe is scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. I don't feel comfortable calling him Zoe yet. I, I feel don't like feel we, comfortable calling him Scott. I don't feel com- I don't feel comfortable calling him by a nickname. You know, first name, mm. sure, but I don't mm. think we're uh, you know I don't think we're close enough yet. It's mm. going to take some time. E- even if it's even if it was one of those things where, uh, well, like you, where just everybody knows the individual by this moniker. Um, you know, I mean, how many people say to you, "Hey, oh, hey, Mike." Uh, most of the people I know don't even know your first name. No, they don't know my first name. I have to think twice how to even spell it sometimes. I don't know you keep you keep leaving off the uh, e and a c. <laughs> right, exactly my point. I have to, I have to think uh, especially hard. How did the, my parents want that spelled? And why is the a before the e? Makes no sense at all. And, and does anyone twiddle their thumbs? I mean, honestly, I, I'm looking at I'm that just, right now. I'm like, I, it, I, I've I'm, never twiddled my thumbs. I've done it. I just don't do it as a general rule. Okay, I've, yeah. got, I've gotten beyond that. And I'm a I nail it, biter, so it's kind of hard to do. I think the cell phones have, uh, you know, forced my hands to do other things. Otherwise, yes, I probably would be uh, going back to twiddling. It's uh, look at the time. It's 8:31. <laughs> News is next. A rock one oats. 8.34 with Baxon O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Noonan Energy, serving Western Massachusetts for over 125 years at NoonanEnergy.com. Here's uh, uh, Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. Thank you, Bax or Mike or whatever the hell your name is. Bax is fine. All right. Don't uh, don't don't pull anything. You don't, don't have to strain yourself trying to address me. The musicians in the Springfield Symphony Orchestra and the SSO Board of Directors have been locked in a prolonged labor dispute for more than a year, but... That hasn't stopped the musicians from playing their oboes, bassoons, and piccolos. Just about two weeks ago, they played a concert at Symphony Hall and announced plans for future performances. They will continue to receive some monies collected from the more than 120 donors who help out the SSO musicians. Don't you realize, though, that uh, trying to get what you want from uh, whoever it is that you can get it from it is a better bargaining chip when you refuse to do what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, good point. I, I mean, but- to keep playing really doesn't give whoever it is that pays them any incentive to pay them. But are they scared that if they stop playing, no one will care? Well, that that goes hand in hand. Yeah, I don't know. There, I- have, been, there have been other symphony orchestras in similar-sized cities that have died permanently mm-hmm. but know? that would that would be a shame if that were to happen right but uh yeah i mean these uh these musicians just want to play and uh, they, they don't want to rock they don't really rock no they uh, don't and that's, tried that. <laughs> i know you've, you've i know you've tried that a few times can you but, rock an oboe sure you can you can rock At, a bassoon all those instruments have been on like uh like beatles records you know yeah, i mean I, I, been plenty of lot rock and roll records that have had and, uh, their share of oboes yeah and i think there's a piccolo or a um Whatever it's called, there. Uh, what's that other little instrument? The fife in uh, Eric Clapton's song. Yeah, uh, that yeah, the piccolo. By the way, is uh, Brian. Uh, Brian, Brian Piccolo, right? Yeah. Yes, played by James Caan. No, I'm talking about the actual one. Oh, okay. You know, but in Brian's song, it was played by. Uh, I am by, aware. Bri- yeah, one of the great comedies of all time. <laughs> God. <laughs> For any of us sports fans, that was a tearjerker. Yeah, but for a Green Bay Packer fan, um, you know, they were Chicago Bears after all. (laughs) Billy D. Williams has Gail Sayers in that one, by the way. Good role. Approximately 50 corrections officers in Massachusetts, speaking of disputes, 
have been suspended without pay for not complying with Governor Charlie Baker's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The number of those officers will fluctuate probably throughout the week as more disciplinary hearings are held. Those corrections officers now have five business days left to get their COVID shots. That would likely be followed by 10-day suspensions without pay and ultimately termination. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, just like with the state police. I don't understand uh, people, particularly ones who are, are highly trained and a lot of money has been spent to train them, uh, and they're willing to risk or give up their career. Although I did see, um, what the hell did I, uh, where, is he, where is he recruiting from? DeSantis, the uh, governor of uh, Florida, the other day was basically telling, I think it was Louisiana, because Louisiana's got one of them mandates where all the where all the cops have to be uh, vaccinated or they'll lose their jobs. So DeSantis uh, puts out a commercial saying, "Hey, we'll hire you. We need cops in Florida. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we and we'll we'll hire you unvaccinated. Yeah, we don't we don't care if you're carrying something. No, no. Come on over here. The dispute between nurses and St. Vincent Hospital in Worcester is approaching eight months long, and the Massachusetts Nurses Association has filed a complaint against that hospital for what it's calling patient dumping, claiming that in several circumstances last week alone, patients were found outside. That's why they leave the back of the Johnny open, for patient dumping. That's why you have a bedpan. Mm-hmm. These pati- They're not putting like patients in a dumpster, though. No, They're not, not uh, like it's not like refuse. No, it's a shame when somebody throws away a perfectly good white boy like exactly. that. By the oh, way. I could do a lot with this patient right here. These patients take that home with me. I'm dumpster diving with patients. No, they were just dumped outside the hospital unceremoniously because apparently there was overcrowding and they couldn't be attended to. You imagine these guys being uh, taken out of the hospital in the wheelchairs and at the at the uh, at the end of the. The end of the driveway, they shake the patient out of the out of the wheelchair and go right back in. Or tip it forward. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, like shake yeah. the guy loose. Now, I, I'm assuming these are not these are not <clears throat> admitted patients. These were probably people from the emergency room. Well, you know that's a good question, John. They're wearing what do you call them, Johnnies? Yeah, Johnnies. Yeah, but yeah. you can be you could be well. No, you wouldn't be wearing a Johnny in the emergency room. Well, you might you wouldn't be. be until you got at well, least true. brought into an examination room. Right. And then you'd be admitted at that point, right? If you needed to be, yeah. Unless mm-hmm. it's your everyday Johnny. Like, or like, they like, brought their own. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you you, know you're going to a hospital and you just say, listen, I'm just going to try to speed up the process. I bring my own Johnny wherever I go for emergencies. Yeah. Every time I went, I would always bring my own, you know, like a like an easy to remove T-shirt or uh, a pair of sweats, and they're still like, yeah, yeah, sorry, because you know we're gonna charge you for this thing, so you gotta wear it. Yeah, B- BYOJ, like like a, like a break, like a breakaway sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, like no, the, like the pros wear. What do you think? The Johnny's free? Of course not. EverSource wants thirty-three million dollars in order to install a second natural gas pipeline in Springfield and Longmeadow. You know, they still owe millions of dollars in property taxes to municipalities, but the energy giant wants more. In addition to the outstanding taxes owed by the uh, Eversource folks, there has been growing opposition to this pipeline from residents in Springfield and Longmeadow over health and safety concerns. I could see uh, I could see Dom Sarno responding to the guy from Eversource, kind of like, you know, like Jack Klompas did when Jerry asked him if he could stay over overnight at his house. 
You've got some nerve. <laughs> you want $55 million, or, or what is it, $33 million? $33 million, yeah. $33 million from us when you owe us $55 million in unpaid property tax. You have got some nerve. <laughs> they had a situation at UMass Amherst yesterday after a shelter-in-place alert for a, quote, hostile armed person. Members of the campus community were sent the alert at about 1245 yesterday afternoon, warning that the armed individual was in the vicinity of the University Health Services building. The alert telling students and staff to stay indoors until the all clear signal was given. God, I would have loved that in college. <laughs> what, it's a lockdown? Yes. If someone said stay indoors, I'd, I, I'd go to a bar yeah, and I'd sit there all day. You don't go anywhere. That's what the stay in place order means. Yeah, but it, you could be stuck in a bathroom somewhere. But in the Marquette campus, you were never more than ten feet away from a bar ever, which yeah. was great. You're going to be in a lockdown. Imagine being in a bar. Perfect. I'm nice and safe here. I don't think that means it's open bar and they don't stop serving. No, I'm willing to pay. I mean, listen, I'm not irresponsible. <laughs> Well, we go from bars to Jabari's. Jabari Bird, the former Boston Celtics player, admitting in court yesterday to kidnapping, strangling, and assaulting his oh. then-girlfriend in 2018. Oh, yeah, I did all those things. Yeah, Bird also said he threatened her in an attempt to deter her from testifying in court. Did you say ex-girlfriend? His then girlfriend oh. in 2018. I don't think I don't think they're still I together. Think I don't think they're reconciled. Eh, you never know. He gets, he gets a probationary period of two years and was ordered to undergo an abuse intervention program and also have no contact with her anymore. Uh, so maybe they were still together. Yeah. I don't know. Some of yeah. them are quite forgiving. Usually just the kidnapping thing alone is a deal breaker for most relationships. Well, right? but is this not, it's not like a, a Lindbergh baby kind of thing. If, if you don't let somebody leave where they are, that's kidnapping. It's not, it's not grabbing somebody, cutting off an ear, and demanding money. No, I know that, but I'm just saying that, you know, if you're preventing them from leaving, yeah. you know, there's a pretty good chance that once this whole thing is over, they're leaving anyway. They might, but you never know. They could come back. Uh, Jabari Bird, not Larry Bird, played how many games for the Celtics? Any I'm gonna, guesses? I'm going to say four. <laughs> you're pretty close, Bax. 13 games he played back in 2017, 2018. He had been a star at Cal, actually, in college for four years and was drafted, I think, 56th overall by the Celtics in the second round. Didn't work out for him in the pros and didn't work out for him with his girlfriend. There's a new space discovery. It's another planet. And it's in a different galaxy, and this is the first time this has ever happened. So it's not anywhere near Uranus? No. It's be well beyond your Uranus. Yeah, you got to keep Uranus clear. Right. This apparently is occurring in the Messier 51 galaxy. Yeah, that sounds like it would be Uranus. It's Messier there, too. No, no, no. I'm sure this is named after... Uh, Former uh, <laughs> former hockey great Mark Messier, right? You, you are incorrect, but a good guess. It's named after Charles Messier, ah. a French astronomer who discovered, apparently, the galaxy back yeah. in galaxy. 1773. And, and it wasn't, wasn't until just this week that they discovered the planet within this galaxy. Gotcha. 
So that's pretty how impressive. They were even discovering galaxies back then. Right. They didn't even have telescopes. No, they on Hubble telescopes. No, they had telescopes. They had them, but they but, but they that. weren't real big ones. I mean, they're not like the kind of observatory style. Uh, you, you, you don't things. know when the first telescope was actually invented. No, but a quick Wikipedia search, and I will let you know. Yeah. Sorry, I, I couldn't provide that information with my Cliff Clavin capabilities. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's the way they navigated, too. All right, Mr. Genius. The uh, the first <laughs> telescope was invented in 1608 in the Netherlands yeah, probably by sucked. Hans Lippershey. So suck it. It probably was a crappy one. Of course it was a crappy one. First Broke. of all, you ever had anything from the Netherlands that wound up working out for you? Of course not. But Hans Lippershey was right on it. And without him, where would we be? Lost in a universe, an ever-expanding universe, not knowing where the planets are, not discovering new bo- celestial bodies. Thank not, you, not Hans Not knowing Uranus from your elbow. That's, that's absolutely right. Why didn't they call it a Lippershey instead of a telescope for crying out loud? That was his first mistake. Well, I don't know. He, I Probably lost in trademark court. <laughs> <laughs> If there's anything worse than an STD, it's a flesh-eating STD. I agree with that one. Look out. There's a rare flesh-eating sexually transmitted disease over in Europe. Could be making its way here. You never know. There's a doctor in the UK that warns that it was starting to appear more often in that country. It's known as Donovanosis. Now, uh, when we did this story earlier today, I did a Google image search on Donovanosis, and I am just warning you now. (laughs) Don't follow my lead. He doesn't look anything like the singer. Uh, no, no. It, uh, the great Atlantis. Atlantis or uh, Hurdy Gurdy Man or uh, Jennifer Juniper, none of those songs. <laughs> but, and gods they were. And gods they were. <laughs> but let me tell you something. If you are looking to gross yourself out by looking at a horrible uh, bunch of shankers and stuff. <laughs> so what? You're simultaneously telling people not to look at it, but go ahead and look at if, it? No, I'm ta- I'm telling, I looked at it so that the rest of you people wouldn't have to. But the thing is, if you are compelled to do it, I'm just telling you, brace yourself. It's wicked gross. The power of Christ compels you. There's got to be a shanker fan out there somewhere who's rushing to his or her computer right Robbie. now. Or Michael Shanker from the, uh, from the uh, right, yeah, right. <laughs> it's rare in the U.S., by the way, Donovanosis, and it can be treated with antibiotics, but according to the CDC, relapses can occur months after apparently effective therapy, so look out. In Philadelphia, you can get the Donovan McNabosis. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yes, yeah, you do, yes. <laughs> Mid-50s today with rain ending probably right about now. High wind warning still in effect for many counties in eastern Massachusetts, but we'll get some residual wind until about 2 o'clock this afternoon, according to the National Weather Service. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's news to me on Rock 102. When everything works together, it's a beautiful... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 854 and ACDC and Rock 102. Well, now I can't find it. The... um... The biggest headline on the Drudge Report this morning, earlier this morning, was uh, this Thanksgiving to be the most expensive ever. And wouldn't that figure on the year I decide to host? You're hosting? I was going to. I thought about it. Uh, you know, I know it sounds unusual, living alone and really not making anything that I don't pierce the plastic on. Do you have a, a working oven? Uh, in parts, yep. But uh, about the part where you put food into well, it. Well, on one side, uh, but uh, now the most expensive Thanksgiving ever. Mm. 
Supply chain problems. That's the problem. That's it, man. Supply you. chain. What, what are all those uh, all those uh, containers filled with the uh, cranberry sauce and turkeys sitting somewhere off the coast of California uh, on ships, and then also apparently we get a, our turkeys from China. Yeah, and a huge shortage of truck drivers nationwide. I think yeah, there's something like uh, eighty thousand truck drivers shy of being full. See, that's where they're getting you. It's the uh, it's the shipping. Of uh, of all mm-hmm. those turkeys, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. you know, it's one. You know, are not importing. Tur- we got loads of turkeys in this country, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, moving them from one part yep. of the country to the next—that's that's where they got you. They're birds. Can't they just move themselves? You know, wh- why are we so hung? I mean, I love turkey. Don't get me wrong, but why are we so hung up that it has to be turkey on that's Thanksgiving? That's what it was at the first one. No, actually, it wasn't. It was like a goose. I believe it was a lasagna. It might have been a lasagna, but you know what? Why couldn't you have a delicious lasagna for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Or you know what? Ostrich. What about ostrich? You hear? <laughs> you know, I hear it's half the fat. I, I hear it's half. Let's try to think. All right, what's the twice, line? I hear, it's, I, hear it's half, I hear it's half the fat. But you eat twice as much. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I mean, couldn't you have a, a substantial celebratory feast with something other than a turkey? Sure. It's like you could have a, a Christmas feast without a ham. But it's tradition. It's what people do. The funny thing is, is that, I don't know about you, I don't think I've ever had a roast turkey any other day of the year ever which i think is also stupid well i don't even know if they're available of course they're available frozen anyway. yeah they're available you yeah. can get a turkey any time of the year people love their turkeys but they don't imagine that having a turkey dinner in may That'd i would love weird. it weird no it wouldn't be weird who doesn't love who wouldn't love a turkey dinner in like the middle of the summer i would do it i'd do it in a heartbeat it's just we just don't even think about it because you think well that's only for thanksgiving right no it's it's a it's a year round delicious treat. They like, need a well, turkey lobby to get that going. Obviously, you'll, you'll eat a turkey sandwich all year long, yes. right? Yeah, it's a, I'll eat a turkey leg at the fair. Um, but yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna host, and now it's now it's off. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet. All I know is uh, if it's gonna run me a lot of money, I'm gonna let that be somebody else's responsibility. Well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feed like you know 15 people in my house. You know, and 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 I incur all the cost. Yeah, actually, I'm joking. I, I've never. Well, I hosted one Easter one time, and uh, I believe it was a disaster. You did you host it, or were you married at the time? And, and no, you I was not it married. Together. Actually, it was a girlfriend, and uh, we did host it together. Um, and then uh, uh, three days later, she came back from the dead. <laughs> Wow, so <laughs> biblical of you. I know. Well, you like to stick with the tradition. I guess you do. It's 8.58 with Baxon O'Brien at Rock 102. This week, it's a Thunderbird.